just saw a very interesting headline that Jacks or um, Trump threatens to harm Jack Smith and I've been I, doing this work all my life and at this point or at least we all should is that old Donnie is absolutely terrible at hiding his fear and his frustration and the fact that he knows he's losing in every conceivable way. He doesn't have the ability to hide it. And so he, along with his movement, his party, his cult, whatever you want to call it, is lashing out and offering direct threats to Jack Smith. We've already covered how he, you know, Trump has been trying to, you know, rile up his base against Jack Smith's wife. Well, now Donald Trump is directly targeting Smith. And we're going to get to that, but we got to set the context a little bit. Because remember, a lot of this is rooted, and I've covered this so have folks at Midas Touch, in how Donald Trump speaks about all of the people prosecuting him, investigating him, some of the judges presiding over his cases. And we've seen him threaten Engeron in New York. We've seen him threaten Letitia James and try to rile up the base. And now he's making those direct attacks against Jack Smith for one key reason above all, because he knows the facts are against him. He knows Jack Smith is tough as nails, and he thinks to himself, if I can't win fair and square in court, if I can't win fair and square based on the facts, 
All I have are lies and falsehoods and intimidation and threats to cause harm or some sort of discomfort or whatever to my political opponents and or the people seeking to bring justice to me. And you can see this being rooted in his own political party. Look at the attacks they're launching on Smith in particular. Andrew Weissman, um, take me through what you write today in the New York Times. Sure. Um, the, the key uh, thing that I do is really take on this issue of how much should Jack Smith be speaking publicly. Obviously, I worked for Robert Mueller. He's famously known uh, for being reticent with, his, with respect to the press. I quote a line that he used all the time, which is, if you live by the press, you die by the press. Um, and I contrast that with obviously Ken Starr, who was criticized, I think rightly, for over-speaking and over-sharing. Um, and then I give another example of a third special counsel who investigated a sitting or former Until the trials are over. Exclamation point, smiley face. As hashtag traitor Trump is fond of saying, comma,
Engaging. that is Archibald Cox in the Watergate years. And the key thing that I talk about is that it's not necessary to be absolutely silent. Um, if you do that, you leave the field to Donald Trump and his allies to really spin the way in which the special counsel is viewed 
and the work of the special counsel. And it's going to be really important here if there is a charge for the public to understand what it is that the special counsel is doing and why there's a charge. And a really good example, I think, of where the special counsel in the Watergate year, Smith in particular. Andrew Weissman, um, take me through what you write today in the New York Times. Sure. Um, the, the key uh, thing that I do is really take on this issue of how much should Jack Smith be speaking publicly. Obviously, I work Former for Robert FBI. Mueller, who's famously known uh, for being reticent with, his, with respect to the press. I quote a line that he used all the time, which is, if you live by the press, you die by the press. Um, and I contrast that with, obviously, Ken Starr, who was criticized, I think rightly, for over-speaking and over-sharing. Um, and then I give another example of a third special counsel who investigated a sitting or former president, and that is Archibald Cox in the Watergate years. And the key thing that I talk about is that it's not necessary to be absolutely silent. Um, if you do that, you leave the field to Donald Trump and his allies to really spin the way in which the special counsel is viewed and the work of the special counsel. And it's going to be really important here if there is a charge for the public to understand what it is that the special counsel is doing and why there's a charge. And a really good example, I think, of where the special counsel
if he does decide to charge, could speak out, is to explain how the case against Donald Trump is completely called for by prior Department of Justice cases. In other words, that it is actually following the rule of law to charge him because others who did similar things or lesser crimes have been charged as well, so that he is being treated no better or worse than anyone else. Andrew, let me read from what I think is that section. Um, it's worth noting that the Justice Department rules would not prohibit Mr. Smith's discussing procedural issues and as the investigations come to fruition, explaining why any potential charges are consistent with past cases. In other words, if there is an indictment, he could explain why Trump would be treated no better or worse than individuals who've been charged with similar crimes. As we proceed along this course, where an indictment of the former president seems increasingly likely, the press, Maelstrom will...
halfway up the ranks of the KMT party. will certainly intensify. Trump and his allies are already working to shape the press narrative, as is their right, and as they have done in the past. A prosecutor need not and should not stay entirely mute. And let me just, for our viewers who may not know where to find that right-wing, um, you know, what storm, let me just show some of what it sounds like. This is Trump and, and the usual suspects, choosing Jordan, maligning the newly appointed special counsel. This horrendous abuse of power is the latest of a long series of witch hunts. It started a long time ago. This latest announcement that they are preparing to use the criminal process to try to attack Donald Trump. Look, banana republics do this. You see this sadly in places that don't respect rule of law. If that's not a political justice department.
Sai Ing Wen. Typing in her name. You're still there. What's going on there? don't know what is so this is why we're going to look into this issue and we're going to get to the bottom of everything they've been doing at the politicized doj so banana republics are calling into and they want their coupons back but um ted cruz's uh, projection aside um it, it sort of proves your point right i mean the right is going to throw all sorts of you know manufactured outrage in that clip sort of lays it out how Smith is in a really key position. And because he seems to be willing, it's noted there, that he should be outspoken, like within reason, of course, but he should be outspoken, but he seems willing to do so. We saw that public letter that came out last night. We covered it Thanksgiving night, putting out a letter directly calling out the BS from Trump and his lawyers in like one paragraph, but he set the tone. He wanted the public to see that he's working. But you can see freakouts from Jordan, from Cruz, from other Republicans we've covered, knowing that this is bad news for Trump. The reason they're freaking out like this is because they're afraid of Jack Smith. Like, they don't actually have any evidence of partisanship. They don't. They do not have any evidence. Even if they did, even if he was a quote-unquote partisan, I mean, a lot of people in the country are. Partisans can, can do their job correctly. But all they have is smearing and ad hominem and all of that. And so that's where they're going. And it's rooted also in the fact, guys, and you'll see Trump's desperation and the threats and all of that later on. But, you know, it's rooted in the fact that at the end of the day, he just doesn't have a case. Like a, a person that's frustrated at the legal system, but understands they have a chance to win and work within it, will listen to any decent lawyer, whether Trump has decent lawyers or not. But even a bad lawyer is smart enough to tell you the best thing you can do right now is shut the heck up. Shut up and stop incriminating yourself and giving evidence to the people investigating you. Stop attacking these people. But Donald Trump sort of understands that because the facts aren't on his side, maybe being a threatening maniac is the only tactic he has. Listen to this. not going well for him. To treat Trump in a manner that does not result in an indictment on these facts would be inconsistent with all of the precedent that we examined in earlier cases. There are a number of people who are in federal prison or who serve time in federal prison for crimes that were less serious than this one. Mm -hmm. And DOJ takes into account those sorts of considerations when trying to decide whether to indict a case. You want to treat defendants who engage in similar custody. conduct similarly. Take and DOJ will be acutely aware, not just of the uh. optics, but of the justice implications of not indicting Trump. That's, I suspect, why they've assembled the, the trial team that they've put together and brought the special counsel on board to make that final decision.
Well, in terms of what we could learn here um, that we don't already know, you write about this in your Substack, which I encourage everybody to read. It's a fascinating read. But you write, when did Trump start? When did Trump start discussing the idea of interfering with certification with Pence? Did he threaten, offer anything? So, Joyce, what else don't we know that Pence could shed some light on? Right. So this is exactly the proper focus with Pence. He is a fact witness. This isn't a political witch hunt. No one cares about his views on Trump. The questions investigators will have for him will center on what the former president asked him to do, whether or not the president ever uh, indicated that he knew that he had lost the election, and on and on. Pence is, in, in essence, a witness to the formation of a conspiracy, here a conspiracy to interfere with the smooth transfer of power. And so there are a lot of important blanks that he, and uniquely, he can fill in. Let's see here. Let's see here. Um, cleaning this up. Okay. And I'm also posting it on to Christopher Governor underscore Potas twenty twenty four. Ryan, that's cool. Mm. Hmm. Web page not available. Okay, whatever. Alright, uh invite collaborator, um what's his name? Christo. How about Christo? Hi, Valis. That's how you spelt it. Oh, must be spelling it wrong. Hmm. <laughs> Things that belong in a uterus, IUDs, babies. Hormones. I sent it to Christian Amanpour to see if she would be collaborative.
Okay, so I'm going to take a screenshot of that and tweet that. Message for Jack Smith. Smith. Car of DOJ, the... <coughs> The Justice Department Welcome on boards. I'm a volunteer. Democratic Coalition, Democrats.
one more person. Um, what Don Lemon? Can't be tagged. Not Donald Trump Jr. Um, who else? Okay, so, um, I think I'm a little batty. So I'm sending it to Deb Halen, Post Opinion, Jared Dillon, Jelly Star, Comedy, Ben Marcellus, Vote Blue, Midas Touch, Stacy, Midas Touch, Tony Merrick Garland, Lincoln Project, Navajo Nation Council, NWPC National, not eligible. Uh, Navajo Nation Pride is essential. It's uh, ASU Women's Coalition, U.S. Interior Department, Lock Him Up, NPR Politics, Democratic Socialist, Patricia Arquette, Washington Post, Jane Fonda, The Tony Michaels, New York Times, AFT Union, Hip Hop, um, uh, one, that's uh, KPYT, Copper Career. Midas Touch, Georgie, Oprah, Hopi Tribe, Rolling Stone, The Daily Show, Democratic Coalition, Michelle Obama, Super Majority, Arizona Democratic Party. Okay, good enough. Row, row, 1973. I'm tweet this thing about things that belong in a uterus.
Go Blue Florida. Okay, Trista, what are you doing? Why don't you upload a reel? Instagram reel, that's a good idea. Okay, let's see what I got. I'm sure there are two. I know I don't look Native American enough for a racist anyway, but I took a 23andMe gene test and I have 0.01% Native American. So this turkey day, I'm going to give thanks to my one Native American ancestor. Probably one of my ancestors was a little souvenir in the Colombian exchange, as it's called, for anthropologists among you. After Columbus didn't go to the New World, he landed in what's Cuba. <laughs> that little fact is obfuscated by colonizers' narrative, claiming that Columbus discovered America, but he landed on what the history book says is Hispaniola, but it was actually Cuba. And I think that colonizer wanted to obfuscate that in history as well, hide that fact, because Columbus carried out genocide. And only a few... I know it don't look Native American enough for a racist... I know it don't look Native American enough for a racist anyway, but I took a 23andMe gene test and I have 0.01% Native American. So this turkey day, I'm going to give thanks to my one Native American ancestor. Probably one of my ancestors was a little souvenir in the Colombian exchange, as it's called, for anthropologists among you. After Columbus didn't go to the New World, he landed in what's Cuba. That little fact is obfuscated by colonizers' narrative. singers and rappers i got this carlos santana type beat and i need y'all to jump on it let's get it
spraying some cologne on himself. <laughs> Yo, singers and rappers, I got this Carlos Santana type. It's nice, actually. Um, following no one else but Rico. So I'm sharing to reels. It's almost there. Yo, singers and rappers, I got this Carlos Santana type beat and I need y'all to jump on it. Let's get it. singers and rappers i got this carlos santana type beat and i need y'all to jump on it let's get it well sounds like wild thoughts by dj khaled rian and bryson tiller you could hit it though with your dance moves Singers and rappers, I got this Dance Carlos Santana type beat, and I need all to jump on it. Let's it, get it. With it. Dance Zesty AF. <laughs> zesty. DJ Zesty. Kind of runs nasty. Singers and rappers, I got this Carlos Santana type beat and I need y'all to jump on it. Let's get it. Can't rap with you dancing in front of me like that, LMAO. I know I don't look Native American enough for a racist anyway, but I took a 23andMe gene test and I have 0.01% Native American. So this turkey day. I'm going to give thanks to my one Native American ancestor. Probably one of my ancestors was a little souvenir in the Colombian exchange, as it's called, for anthropologists among you. After Columbus didn't go to the New World, he landed in what's Cuba. That little fact is...
give thanks to my one Native American ancestor. Probably one of my ancestors was a little souvenir in the Colombian exchange, as it's called, for anthropologists among you. But the Columbus didn't go to the New World. Yeah, what's going on out there?